7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and in particular verse number 7. You will find these words. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Thank you so much. We <clears throat> ask your prayers today as we consider the subject, the gloom and the glory of preaching. The gloom and the glory of preaching. Perhaps to crush any attempt at pride and certainly to keep his readers from any possibility of misunderstanding. Paul makes this confession. He says that we have this treasure of this glorious gospel in earthen vessels. It is a figure that is perhaps suggested by the book of Genesis when it says that God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. But Paul particularly uses this particular metaphor to remind us of how humble, how fragile, how frail, how transient, how weak, and how mortal we are. If anybody could make this statement, Paul could. For when you consider the course of Paul's life, it was like a zigzag race course. He was in and out of prison. He was in weariness. He was in fasting. He was in pain. He was in distress. He was in peril of life from his own countrymen. He was in fear of robbers. And if you ask him why he went through so much, he says, the love of Christ constraineth me. This is that man who went aboard a ship as a prisoner. And at the end of the journey was the pilot. This is the man who while conversing with the captain of the ship, captain said to him, wasn't that a terrible storm we had last night? Paul said, I don't understand what you're talking about. For last night, the angel of the Lord stood by me and told me to tell you, if you just stay with the ship, ship may go through a whole lot, may have to suffer a whole lot of damage, but if you just stay with the ship, God will bring you through. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. 
And so it is because of that that Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is indeed just your reasonable service. And so Paul says that we commit ourselves to God, spirit, soul, and body. Paul sees a eternal and a divine purpose in the fact that God chooses to use humble, mortal men to preach the gospel. That is an amazing idea. I, I think it was around year 11 or 12, Pastor. And I asked the Lord, I said, how is it that the preacher is to preach ideals to people that he himself has not reached. Uh, I began to question the arrangement. How can we preach so boldly, so forcefully uh, uh, ideas that even we ourselves have not reached? But God was kind enough to say back to me, well, the reason you're able to do that is because before it's for anybody else, it's for you. Amen. So he says, if you ever forget that the preaching is for you, then you'll be in a world of trouble. Paul says, understand that the preaching of the gospel has to do with transcendent power superior to all difficulties and oppositions that workers may meet on the journey. God equips the preacher with a love that does not break down, a courage that no one can diminish. He makes him at home wherever he may be. And Paul told me to tell you, if the gospel sends you to jail, says at midnight he can make you sane. He can make you sane. That this gospel is effective in any and all circumstances of life. Moreover, this verse is an acknowledgement of Paul's physical disabilities, and spiritual inadequacies. You do remember that this Paul used to be Saul. <laughs> my, my, daddy, my daddy used to say, God can take a crooked stick and hit a straight leg. This is, this is Saul. You remember Saul. Uh, Saul, Saul, Saul Bob was a church fighter. He, he, he was a church fighter. Amen. He was a famous church fighter. Uh, and God takes this Saul and turns him into Paul. 
to let us know that God does not discriminate. He does not discriminate. Amen. He, he can take a deacon named Philip, take him from a wonderful revival, and send him out in the desert to minister to an Ethiopian eunuch. Amen. And so when you look at Paul, you look at a man for whom God became real. Can I put a nickel in this meter and stop here just a minute? <laughs> because I love to look back over my life and remember the things that I went through before God became real. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen. Can I, can I just be real honest? I want you to know that sometimes even my emotion was not founded in reality. No. Oh, it was all emotion. And I, how, what you say, now how do you know it was all emotion? Because when church was over, I was doing some terrible things. Huh? I know y'all don't know nothing about that. I'm talking about me now. I, I said when church was over, uh, I was doing some terrible things. But thanks be to God for the day that theory gave way to reality. And I was able to say he's real. Thank God he's real. He's real in my soul. Amen. There was a day, there was a day when, when, when for Paul, God became real and Paul surrendered unto him. I, I'm glad that God can take all kinds of people. Amen. You see, because when a person thinks he's good, <laughs> amen, that's when he's at his worst. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't fool around and let your church membership and your frequency of being here. Uh, uh, make you think that you're better than anybody else. Huh? Uh, I know it don't happen here, but sometimes church folk get saved and then a month later want to send everybody to hell for what they was doing two months ago. Huh? Amen. 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 So whenever you begin to think you're good, uh, you're at your worst. And, and a true saint is the last one to claim sainthood. Amen. This is what I love about Jesus, Pastor. The closer we get to Christ, the more conscious we are of our faults, our failures, and our falterings. I tell them at church, I've never opened the Bible and heard God say, congratulations. <laughs> Every, 
every time I open the Bible, he go right upside my head. Amen. So Paul says this, this clay lamp holds a light that it did not produce. Amen. It is a light, but it is not a light that the owner produced. The clay could have never produced the light. So when you see the glow and you feel the flow and observe the overflow, don't give the preacher all the credit. Amen. 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 That's why when folk are kind enough to say, Pastor, you, you preached this morning. I, I enjoyed you this morning. You helped me this morning. I always try to remember to say, pray for me. There ain't no sense in me taking credit for what God does. Huh? Amen. So we have this treasure in a frail vessel of earth. That, that's amazing. Because God could have chosen any means he wanted to. He could have written it on the lightning and have the lightning flash it across the vaulted dome. He could have put it on the wings of birds, and every time they fly, all you could see was, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He could have written it across the face of the sun so that when it rises in the morning and begins its ascent toward the west, that is everywhere it went, it would shine for all to see. But he decides. He decides. He decides. Who you going to use, Lord? Well, take a bunch of messed up folk. They're going to wear their collar backward, but their head won't be on straight. I'm going to take a bunch of folk. Hmm? Matter of fact, some of the folk that I take are going to be so messed up that when other folk hear that they're preaching, they won't believe it. When somebody tell you, you they're preaching, you say, you lying. He could have chosen so many methods, so many means, but he chooses to use ordinary people for ministry, mission, and motive. Amen. Amen. I thank God for the book by Dr. Gardner Taylor, How Shall They Hear? One of the first books I bought in ministry. And Dr. Taylor said that preaching is not difficult. It's impossible. It's impossible. Amen. And so Paul would have us to understand that this treasure is not of our own making. It is the gift of God. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 5, he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, 
but our sufficiency is of God. Amen. Amen. We need to hear that. We need to understand that the origin is in God. The operation is in God. And the completion of the work is in God. Amen. We need to understand that self-sufficiency is a slippery slope. Amen. 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 So we need to understand, let no man imagine that he will ever master the glorious, elusive art of preaching. Amen. I ran into a preacher one time. I said, how things go this morning? I killed him, Doc. I said, you didn't have to do much. They was about dead when they got there. God didn't send you to kill nobody. He sent you to try to help bring them alive. Amen. Amen. And so... The wonderful thing, and you already know this, Pastor, the wonderful thing about the call to preach is that it enslaves you. It, 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 it enchants you. It literally teases you. Amen. And confounds you all the days of your life because you would think that the longer you preach, the easier it becomes. But it's the exact opposite. The longer you preach, the more difficult it becomes. Amen. 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 And so, so we will have to understand that when Jesus spoke of his servants, he didn't use the word good or bad. He used the word faithful and unfaithful. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. The Bible says we are his workmanship. Amen. We are, we are ordinary folk that God decided to use. And all of us need to imitate Paul when he says, I have not attained. Amen. The preacher is an earthen vessel. And because of that, we live out our days in a danger zone. <laughs> ah, you remember that old song, To Serve This Present Age. Ooh-wee. What an age to serve. Huh? To serve this present age. This world is no friend of grace. To help us own to God. And there is always the danger. The preacher is always in danger. Of being tempted to reduce the urgency of preaching. To timid talks. On trivial things. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> folk have a unique way of letting you know when they don't like what you're saying. Uh -huh. Nobody stands up and say anything, but they know how to give it to you. 
Dr. Robert Smith Jr. says, if eyeballs was bullets, folk would shoot you dead in the pulpit. Amen. The preacher in, is, is, is treasure and earthen vessel, and so it, it, is, it, is, it is possible for us uh, over a period of time to, to face the danger of losing the authenticity of preaching. Okay. You see, because he is an earthen vessel, amen, then he may yet be frustrated in his hope to preach. Amen. Particularly if his inner life doesn't match his outer message. Did, did you see what I said? I, I love it when David says, Lord, let there be harmony between the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. A amen. A and so this earthen vessel has to be inwardly we draw on inward resources, amen. We have to be inwardly transformed because sometimes, brother pastor, we have to preach sometimes expecting con consequences from folk who don't have content. Huh? Huh? I, I told the folk at St. Mark a couple of years ago, and I do love the people at St. Mark, but I told them sometimes at St. Mark, it's like they say to me, preach, pastor, preach. Get it all out. We ain't gonna do a thing you say, but go on and preach. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we have to have inward resources. We have to have depth of character. Amen. And in a time where we spend much too much time on the outside, then the preacher has to be that much more prepared. Amen. Amen. Because our problem is not on the outside. Our problem is under the skin. Amen. Amen. And so, because we have this treasure in earthen vessels, then we deal with frustration. Amen. It's a sobering idea. It's a frightening responsibility to stand in 2011 to declare the word of God. Amen. And sometimes we have to remember that the preacher is a mortal man dealing with an eternal word. Amen. He's a dying man handling the word of life. And pastor, one of the toughest assignments we have is learning how to forgive the folk that we got to preach to. Amen. Amen. Because if you're not careful, I know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. 
There's some folks sometimes that'll walk in the door. Huh? Sit right in your face. You know what they've done. You know what they've said. And look like they take a spot right dead in front. Huh? Yes, indeed. And we're challenged to learn how to forgive. So we're frail men with a treasure within us, charged with the awesome responsibility of showing the relevance of Jesus in a contemporary situation. Amen. We've got to be ourselves and then forget ourselves at the same time. Amen. We've got to give ourselves in the utmost of commitment and dedication, and yet at the same time, see to it that self never gets in the way, and do everything we do as unto the Lord and not to men. The preacher is to use for the delivery of the word of God every faculty that God has given him. Amen. To renounce himself so completely that the word becomes everything and he becomes nothing. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. We are earthen vessels. We are plagued by the peril of substituting the artificial for the official. Superficiality for spirituality and a formal type of preaching that successfully clips the wings of wonder and unweaves the rainbow. Amen. There is always the likelihood of us forgetting that we've been commissioned for something far more vital and incisive than the propagating of ideas. Amen. Being earthen vessels, we are tempted to be guilty of wasting time on side issues and irrelevant matters. What color should the choir's robes be? Amen. Well, some of them, Pastor, want black and some of them want gray. You mean to tell me I'm trying to wrestle with a text and you want me to take time off from the text to decide what color robes you're going to wear? Amen. 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 Doesn't matter whether you march in from the back or come in from the side, take two steps to the left or two steps back. All of that stuff don't matter. That don't mean nothing. And then have folk have the nerve to say, well, if they ain't wearing black and white, I ain't singing. Wasting time on trivial things. Precious time that the preacher ought to be using to preach the word of God. Amen. Amen. Not careful, then the sermon turns into a running commentary 
on current events. Amen. Allow the good news to sink to the level of becoming good advice. Amen. Whatever you do, Pastor, you may lose a lot of things, but for God's sake and your own, don't lose your boldness. Don't lose your boldness. Amen. You preach, man. Amen. And I told a preacher the other night as his pastor's anniversary, when you come, bring a bag of amens with you. Well, don't nobody say amen. Just pull one out and say amen this morning. Amen. Amen. Hungry souls need to be fed heavenly bread. Amen. Instead of academic speculation, moralizing and platitudes and collection of schemes and theories. Amen. And here we are in 2011, Pastor, and we've got to understand that religion now has become a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. Folk love religion. The reason they love religion is because religion allows them to be in control. Religion lets you decide when you're going to come to church. It lets you decide how often you'll come. Religion will let you decide how much you're going to give. Amen. Religious people seldom pay their tithes. Amen. Amen. God can't even tell them what to give. They wrote the check out before they left the house. Ain't no sense in you asking them to pay no tithe. And religion is fine until you come into the kingdom. But when you come into the kingdom of God, Jesus says, you ain't in charge no more. When you come into the kingdom of God, Jesus says, now it ain't about what you want to do. It's about what I tell you to do. And what I tell you to do is not up for discussion. I don't care whether you like it or not. If you say you my child, do what I tell you to do. I, I tell the story. I tell the story at church. Old preacher was leaving church one Sunday afternoon. And on his way out of the church, a little boy came by on his bicycle. Looked at the old man and said, hey, mister. Mister. Preacher kept walking, not thinking that he was talking to him. He went up the street, turned around and came back and said, hey, mister. Is that God's house? Does God live in that house? Hey, mister, is that God's house? The old man stopped and scratched his head. Says, son, sometimes I wonder. Amen. We love religion because religion lets us be in charge. 
You can come to church and sing and have a good time and go back home and live the same kind of life you want to live and, and study the Bible if you feel like it and come to prayer meeting and Bible study if you have the time and all of these kinds of things. Sunday school starts too early and, and, and prayer meeting starts too late. But when you get in the kingdom of God, God is going to start calling the shots. When you get in the kingdom of God, you are no longer a big baller and a shot caller. When you get in the kingdom of God, God is calling the shots. Man. So we've got to be careful that the sermon does not fall into the category of literary lecture or dose of psychology. Amen. Here we live in a time now where we got uh, folk following popular preachers. Amen. Amen. I go to such and such a church. He be getting off. Amen. Amen. All he is is an earthen vessel. And the treasure is not his. Amen. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And the glory of preaching is to tell men and women and boys and girls that they have a friend in Jesus. Amen. And that will make their hearts as well as their minds believe it. We got to tell folk in 2011, lift up your eyes unto the hills from whence cometh your help. Because we're preaching to a generation that has lost all hope. Amen. Lost all hope. Amen. We drag in and drag out. Amen. And at our church on Sundays, I tell them, open the doors for the walking wounded. Amen. Amen. Now, we used to have church. Huh? I'm talking about back when we was colored. Huh? We used to have church. We had to have church. We didn't have nothing else but church. Huh? We used to have church. Amen. We used to have church. Well, I remember a time when deacons used to shout. Huh? <laughs> Is there witness in here? Deacons used to shout. Old deacon come up and say, Echons to get to struggling <laughs> old sister over in the old man corner <laughs> huh? if the Lord don't help me 
God from Zion. Huh? And then they had what they call a mourner's bench. Huh? <laughs> and the mo listen, you didn't have to ask them to come down. They would come down on Sunday morning. And, and my daddy would start one of them hymns. And the sisters of the church would come down and put their arms around the children and say, baby, don't you want to be saved? Don't you want to go to heaven when you die? And look up at my daddy and say, pastor, would you just preach one more course for me? Just saying one more course. And after the while, the dam would break. And tears would begin to lock under their cheeks. And there was a fire in the church. Why, it's hard to get a fire in the church today. <laughs> it's even hard to get a flickering flame. <laughs> Lord have mercy. We got too many spectators huh, who come to watch. The choir sings and they watch. The deacons pray and they watch. The preacher preaches and they watch. And if you watch, if you stay too long, <laughs> they stop watching and start looking at their watch. Amen. Well, let me leave you alone here. Amen. We live in a time, Pastor. We live in a time where ironically, the folk who most need help seem to be the ones most opposed to the help you offer. Amen. See, we've got the same old Bible, but we got a new generation now. Amen. Got a new generation now, and, and truth is relevant. You got your truth, and I got my truth. Amen. And so we are living in the midst of moral decay. We are becoming ethically weak. Amen. And what's good news to some folk is bad news to other folk. Amen. But as I hurry to my seat, let me tell you this one more time that he is a frail body with a powerful treasure. Powerful in influence. And he has stood for 14 years. 14 years. Like a tree in the midst of strong winds. And you might as well tell the truth. You've seen him sometimes when you wondered, can he recover from that? Some Sundays he went out with his head down. Seemed like he was overburdened with a load of care. And you wondered, will he be all right? Ah, but next Sunday, 
when the doors of the office came out. He, just, he came stepping because of the treasure. Sometimes folk loud. Do dirty things to him. Say mean things about his family. Whisper just loud enough for him to hear. Amen. They said, well, I know that'll get him. That'll slow him down. That'll send him home with a broken heart. But when you look around the next day, <laughs> here he comes. Here he comes because there's a treasure in earthen vessels. 14 years he's been in the stone. He's been in the stones. Amen. But God has brought him through. Amen. God has brought him through for the treasure is in earthen vessels. And sometimes he's wondered why he has to go through so much sometimes. But he hears the word of the Lord telling him, fret not thyself because of evildoers for they shall soon Be cut down. Amen. My daddy told me there's some folk you ain't going to preach right. Some folk you ain't going to vote right. Some folk you ain't going to teach right. They, going, they was crooked while they living. And they're going in the grave just as crooked as they was when they was alive. But you remember that your job is not to straighten them out. Your job is not to make them right. Your job is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and leave them in the hands of the Lord because God can handle what you can't handle. God can straighten out what you can't straighten out. God can fix what you can't fix. Amen. Amen. For we have this treasure. In earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It's all about Him. Amen. It's all about Him. Amen. And none of us. God bless you. May God keep you. I wish you so many more anniversaries. Sister Ventus, you look so pretty today. Amen. So pretty today. May God bless you. And may God keep you. And your son, amen. Praise God for what he's doing in your family. Amen. 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 New mission? Continue to take care of your man of God.